0: today on CityCast Chicago. We've told you before, but if you need a reminder, Chicago is the birthplace of improv. And the list of stars that have gotten their start here is very, very long. But not all of them are looking to go to LA or New York. For some, Chicago has exactly what they need right here.
1: I just wanna work, right? I'll, I'll go, I would go anywhere for work, but this is my home. And there's so many wonderful people here. And I wanted to, we wanted to keep it here
0: longtime improviser Abby McEnany tells us about the second season of Work in Progress, her Showtime series that began on Chicago stages and still films here in the city. It's Wednesday, August 11th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Just a quick note, that this episode includes mentions of suicide. Work in progress's first season starts with the character, yes, also named Abby, and played by McEnany, telling her therapist she's gonna kill herself in 180 days.
1: I think it will hurt some people, but in a way I'm doing them a huge service. I'm giving them a gift. I mean, I'm 45, I'm fat. I'm this queer dyke who has done shit in her life, and that is my identity?
0: If that early scene don't make it clear, the show has a brutally honest but empathetic and authentic take on mental illness, gender conformity, heartbreak, friendships, and so many goddamn lift rides. McEnany got her start at Second City and Io. She sat down with lead producer Carrie Shepard ahead of Work in Progress's second season, which
2: premieres August 22nd. So, Abby, you came... Chicago for college, you started doing improv, taking classes at Second City, performing at I.O., which is actually where Work in Progress was born at a storytelling event at I.O. So common Chicago story. And so my question is a big one. How important to you as both in performer and a person it has improv in Chicago been oh my gosh I was
1: it was a a lifesaver I think uh well no I know it um improv is so I I I I can't say enough amazing things about how improv uh what I love about it and also um yeah not to be histrionic kept me alive like it was like often the only thing that like got me out of bed uh, mm-hmm. was to go down and be able to perform with people I love and mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I, it's, it's such a beautiful, I find it, I feel it's a really the purest and uh, art form because it's just all trust. And it's like, you fail all the time and it's yeah. okay, but you try to create stuff together. And then, um, sometimes it, sometimes it fucking kills. Right. And then right. sometimes it is the worst and you're like, ah, and then you go back and you do it again. And I just think like you're up there, you're supporting each other. And, um, and it's just, and I, uh, I, in my real life, I have a hard time with trust. So it's just, I just, I just love it. And i am just, uh, so improv to
2: me is, is so important. Do you ever worry that when it doesn't kill, that you're going to say, okay, that's it. I can't do this. I'm not going back up there on stage.
1: I think like early on, like when I was in, like, and I didn't start taking classes until like like I was 20, let's see, I graduated college 24, 20. So probably I think it was like 25 until I got up the guts to start taking, you know, improv. And um, I, I remember it is like, you know, you know, I think the first time like I had this amazing teacher, Frances Collier, she was like the second improv tech class I ever took. And um, she gave me this, these like really good notes that were so that were like given so lovely and they were so on point, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. And it was just like, new, you know, so that was really hard to go back to class. I think sometimes when it's spectacularly bad, I go, this is what I, this is what I chose. I always go like, well, it's the only thing I can do. And I'm like, I don't even know if I can do it, but it's the only <laughs> thing I really love, you know, and I really have no other skills. Uh, if, if I could call it a skill, I have no other ones. So it it's like, Meh. um, yeah. Uh, so I, I think, uh, it is certainly defeating and acting like, you know, like I, mean, I had some like auditions could be, uh, crime scenes, I would have been, the like, some of them would be the worst ever. It, it would be like they bring in this uh, FBI. I mean, they were so horrible, Carrie. They were, they were the worst of <laughs> all time. So, and that can be like, what am I doing? The show
2: is based here and has all these great shots of very Chicago places, like Women and Children First Bookstore in Andersonville. You take a uh, metro train to Ravinia, which... It's very funny and how critical was it for you to base the show work in progress here in chicago
1: i mean honestly it's the best i mean like we write them in you know we write them in and then like when we when we shoot like we reach out and we ask for like we say like would you be willing to do this and and um we've been so well taken care of by um look i i always wanted to stay here in chicago i i mean i would love to like i just want to work right I'll, I'll go i would go anywhere for work but this is my home And there's so many wonderful people here and I wanted to, we wanted to keep it here. We do everything here and I
2: find that really empowering. Like there's so many talented folks here. One of the first things you say on the first episode of Work in Progress of the first season is you say, I'm a fat queer dyke. And hearing that, watching that, you know, I said out loud for some reason, I said, she's not fat. "Uh, Like what? We're so programmed to respond and evaluate somebody on screen's body and their looks. And but also there is like a bit of a defensiveness of like, no, you're not. Don't call yourself that.
1: Right. But also, like, I think. I think that's so I think it's really funny because. Like when they started doing press. And I understand it because, like you know, people are like, "Oh no, no, you're not fat." I'm like, I, I am, and that's okay. And I think we have such judgment in right. our world, and I certainly do. Like, and and and, uh, is that fat is bad. Like, mm-hmm. I have shame about my fat, and I, I always say I'm ashamed of that shame. I'm ashamed of that shame. Like, yeah, I'm fat. I'm not putting judgment on it. And like, once people like start saying, "No, no, no, you're not fat," it's like, well, you're putting a judgment on it because you're saying if I was fat, then I'm not worthwhile and I don't have value. And then and my weight fluctuates. So like, you know, sometimes I'm uh, way heavier than I am. And sometimes I'm, I'm less heavy. Uh, And then there's like, you know, there's judgment like, Oh great. Oh my gosh. It's a good thing. And it's like, well, so I have more value to you than I was when I was 40 pounds heavier. Like it's a really hard thing and it never ends. But then, and then that Showtime thing, but when they said self-described and I understand why they did that, they were like, because they have, you know, they're like, and also the word dyke, I think some people are like, oh my gosh, that's, I'm like, no, I, I find it powerful. So self-described, because I am, I'm a self-described fat queer dyke. And, and, but, um and there is always that like, oh, no, you're not. It's like, yeah, no, 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 I am. And I can tell you because of the people on the bus. And, and I, I'm fascinated by, um, and also traumatized by the history of, of it. And
2: also um, really trying to reclaim it you get into that trauma in season one as an adult abby as an adult but also in season two you see some of that and explore some of that as abby as a child um you know an episode where abby as a child it shows her being called fat it shows her different visits to various therapists because she moved around a lot look no offense but what is the point of all this of what of us talking yeah, I mean,
1: I get that you have to, but I don't think I can be fixed. I'll make you a deal. I won't try to fix you. And? That's it.
2: So the question, and I know you get asked this, is how much of Abby and Work in Progress is Abby McEnany and also your friends? You've got this really great best friend chemistry with uh, this character, Campbell, your sister, your brother-in-law, like how much of that is based on people in your life?
1: You know, it's certainly not. I think, I, I think uh, uh, there was a, probably a grave mistake in uh, 2020 uh, looking back that I, uh, that the character's named Abby McEnany. Cause I think <laughs> there's like, wait, no, that's actually not me. And I think um I weirdly I'm a very private person. So there's a lot of like hypocrisy of me putting myself out there. There's a lot of similarity. There's also, I, I, I like, and also I don't want to share what's different because I need some privacy, you know, but it's not, it's not all the same. Campbell isn't based on one specific friend. Uh, and Celeste and I have been friends ourselves for like 25 years and, uh, and so like every scene with her is a fucking delight because we just have a ball. We get to improvise a lot. Um, and then some of my real friends are characters in the show and they're not actors. And um, I don't know if you've seen any of the episodes this year, but like, yeah. there's it's like and, and even in the pilot, there were like some real friends and, and, and they're recurring characters. And yeah, they're you can members tell of SAG. I'm just like, they. I've been doing this for fucking like 25, 26 years. And I got into SAG and they got in SAG like a few weeks later. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So they're they're not really based on anybody specific.
0: That was Abby McEnany, longtime Chicago performer and hilarious creator of the Showtime series, Work in Progress. Remember, the second season premieres August 22nd. But you can see Abby tonight at Navy Pier, where she selected some of her favorite performers for the Chicago Humanities Festival Comedic Showcase. There's more info in the show notes. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The U.S. Senate passed a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that now heads to the House. If passed, it could mean federal dollars for Illinois roads and bridge repairs, investments for CTA and Metro, and a little bit of funding to remove more of Chicago's 400,000 lead water lines. Chicago weather has seen a huge swing in the last couple of days. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We went from storms, high winds, and tornado warnings Monday and now there's a heat advisory with a potential heat index of 108. You can call 311 to get well-being checks for your neighbors and family, check out the city's cooling centers, or visit a public library to escape the heat. Also, make sure to keep an eye on your pets. And some good news to get you through. This is episode 100 of Cash Chicago. I know, I can't believe it either. Whether you've been here since day one or joined around 77, we appreciate being a small part of your daily routine. For all of us at CityCast, this has been an enjoyable experience working with one another, and we honor every day to learn more about this city and connect with people who love it. You can connect more with the city by signing up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Yeah, it don't matter if it's episode 1 or 100. You know I'm going to plug the newsletter. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Coolio, that looks good. Bada bing bada boom <clears throat> How did the first re sound? Did it sound like I, I did it sound authentic?